Welcome to Behind the Barrels, a podcast for and about the people that make ODOT a great place to work. We're talking to men and women throughout the state from every walk of life to find out what makes them tick, both on and off the clock. I'm Mike Lovins. And I'm Caroline Griffith. Now let's take a peek Behind Behind the the Barrels. All right, we are here in District 10 with Eric Reed. Eric, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Good. Uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, to sit down with us. Not only are you an author, but you're a music fan. So so this is going to be fun. But first, before we we do that, tell me a little bit about what it is that you do here at ODOT and here in the district. So I'm the District 10 uh, Local Programs Manager, uh, which puts two in a row, I believe. Since oh, yeah, because right. Jeff was also our yeah, LPA. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, just like Jeff, I handle... Um, you know the the federally funded projects with all of our um, local partners, villages, uh, cities, counties, townships. Um, it's a wide ranging job. Um, you know it's really really awesome because you get to uh, help communities achieve things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do, and, and try to try to find the right funding source for them, and try to try to help them. Uh, Put together a project and, and get the funding for it, and ultimately see it built. So it's a really, it's a really um, enjoyable job that you know just brings a lot of satisfaction. Something that the uh, the community in the area then really actually gets to see the benefits of, of what's being done. Yeah, you get you know a lot of the um, multi-use paths that you know might be a five hundred thousand dollar job. Um, you know, in comparison to uh, bridge reconstruction or, or something like that the cost is significantly lower but mm-hmm. you know what it does for the community and you get to see families out walking on that path and just provides a you know better livelihood for those communities and, and so that's that's pretty neat awesome so how long have you been at ODOT uh, it'll be 19 years in June uh, I did have three summers prior to to coming full-time so okay uh, yeah, oh, very cool yeah. And what? did you always do the LPA stuff, or did there like what? No, um, so I mean, I've worked in, in design, planning, and engineering since the beginning, since 2005. I originally was in construction, and as a summer student, thought I wanted to be in construction. The opportunities weren't uh-huh. weren't there, so they said, "Well, we, we do have an opening in design." So um, dabbled in a lot of different avenues within that territory and then um, about 2012 they must have saw that you know I dealt well with people I think and, and it kind of shifted me kind of into the, the LPA world and then just worked under my boss for several years and he finally rotated over to a position I actually was a CPA uh, first CPA oh, wow. in really? District 10. yeah um, it was a you know it was a lot of change going on and nobody um, you know felt like it was the right situation for them so I I jumped at the opportunity and did it um, for a little over a year and a half, I think. And, and um, you know, you're an unclassified employee and, you know, still in mid, midpoint of my career. Yeah, yeah. And fortunately, I was able to kind of rotate back and it's worked cool. out really well, I think, for, for myself and for the district. So Awesome. What kind of brought us uh, together here today is that you wrote a book called The, the Bracket. And uh, l- like I said before we started recording... I, I got a chance to start reading it. I haven't gotten as far into it as a, uh, as I'd wanted to, but um, 
I, I'm loving kind of the, the multi-generational thing that's going on with it, but why don't you go ahead and, and, and start by telling us a little bit of, uh, about the book and what got you inspired to do it. Well, I think it all starts, um, well, I guess if you, if you go to the beginning, my, my dad um, has always said that he wanted to write a, a book. Um, he said, all it takes is one bestseller. <laughs> and um, he, he did some writing when he was younger, and um, but never ne- never capitalized on, on that. And, um, and so I think, I think that kind of spurred me to the idea that, well, maybe someday I would try it. But back going back to 2013, um, we, we, I bought my father-in-law and my dad tickets to see Leonard Skinner in Bad Company. Um, and we, um, <clears throat> so we went up to uh, Star Lake Amphitheater, uh, just west of Pittsburgh. And um, we did that concert and there was my best friend from high school and those two guys. And after that show, I was like, this is amazing. I, I, I had not really, um, you know, been to some concerts, but I was like, this is awesome. We need to do this. We, we need to do this at least once a year. And so we saw Springsteen in 2014. Uh, we saw the Rolling Stones in 15, and then it started gaining momentum. It became an annual tradition. And somewhere along the stretch of those concerts with the same characters going to these concerts, we kind of built a, uh, a, a specific group of people. Um, there were these stories being told and, um, and, and it all stemmed from playing this game that we call the bracket, um, the, the, the music game. And so uh, all of that together, at some point, I, I think I was sitting there and I said, I think I could, could turn these characters, um, you know, some of these stories into a book. And with my dad always saying he wanted to write a book, I thought, well, maybe if I start writing a book, my dad will be inspired to, uh-huh. write, to write that elusive book. And um, so... At some point, I think it was going clear back to like 2018, I sat down and I started typing some stuff and, um, you know, fast forward into the future and <laughs> there it is. There it so. is. Uh, well, yeah, and, and obviously in, in the book, music is, is an important factor, obviously, and, and you mentioned the concerts and stuff, but was music an important part of your life like before you guys started going to those concerts? I wasn't, I'm a sports guy, Okay. and I played, you know, sports cleared through college, um, played football at Marietta College, and so um, I wasn't, you know, in a band, or, you know, I'm not musically inclined in, in that way. Um, yeah, but, but listening I, is, I you think, know. Oh, yeah, I think, I, think I mean, I do remember, like, loving to dance, okay. even, even uh, when I'm, like, you know, in fifth grade, I'm, I'm the kid that's out there trying to cut a rug at the junior <laughs> high dance, so I guess I did kind of enjoy music um, in that way since I was a little kid. Um, and then, you know, our job at ODOT, when you're sitting in front of a computer all day, you, you, you know, there's... You're, available and yeah. so you start listening to music and I think I started kind of falling in love with uh, different genres and really digging into you know with with the music streaming services oh, your, yeah. your, your catalog is now unlimited mm-hmm. so um, all of those things wrapped together I think started building you know a, a more of a passion for music and appreciation for music so so I intentionally did not read the book because I like to learn as we go and we talk to people and hear their stories. So I'm ready to have all the surprises waiting on me. So the book, it's, you said it's a, 
a bunch of different stories that, that you kind of took from these, these adventures that you went to each of these concerts and everything like that. So what's, what's one of your favorite stories that's in the book or, or uh, something like that? Yeah, um, so one of the things that we like to do when we go on this, this concert tradition is, um, and we, we always um, make sure we have a, a designated driver. Um, the first few concerts we would go and spend the night, um, you know, go to the concert, go back to the hotel. Um, my dad had some health issues in uh, 2016, and so he, he no longer drinks. Um, my, my, my stepdad doesn't drink. And so we, we actually started renting a van, and we would stop at uh, these local bars on the way to the show. And, um, you know, you would go into these, these establishments and in and, and these towns that, you know, their best years are, are way behind them, right? And we would, we would sit there and the nostalgia that exists in a place like that, um, I think just created, um, it created the setting. Um, and then there was one, there's one story that's in the book um, and it's my dad's best friend and and I tell people that the the um, coincident the, you know the, the people in the book and real characters is purely coincidental, right? Okay. But <laughs> yes, it's yes, really yes. <laughs> all it's, the disclaimers. It doesn't take a lot to um, <laughs> figure, to figure out, out who, who, who the characters are. But he he started telling this story. It was after we had left the establishment and we're back in the van and and we're playing this game. The song from I'm going to say 1974 comes on and you know all of a sudden he's telling this story about. Um, you know, I think meeting his wife um, for the first time, and uh, I think that was the one that kind of was like, "Holy cow! This is like, this this that's the story that could kind of spark this uh, spark this whole thing." And um, I don't know. I don't want to go into the, to the sure, details sure, sure. about yeah, the yeah. story, but but just give us a, giving us a taste of like yeah. why we should read this book. Yeah. This uh, this book's definitely going to be one that I'm adding to my repertoire of things I want to read this coming summer because I'm really excited. One, I love music. Two, I love um, uh, anthology s- stories and, yeah. and stories that come together and tell a bigger picture. So I'm really excited to read your stories and, and learn about the bracket, learn about the game you yeah, play. Yeah, that, that, I could probably go into detail. Yeah. yeah, so that's 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 kind of what I'm, I'm interested in finding out then too because the concept of how it's written and, and, and what it is – like. Is there actually a, a DJ that does that, or is this something that, that came from your mind? So tell us about yeah, what the I bracket mean, is. The idea of, of, of doing a bracket, I mean, that's that's not novel, right? Right. Um, I've had friends tell me that, hey, you should you should patent this, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure it's it's patentable, but <laughs> um, but we, you know, we, we we I had this this idea of, of how could we, how we could we like kill some time you know while we're leading up to the concert be it in a hotel room or be it in, in the van and I figured out that you know, my dad graduated high school in 1962 and I graduated high school in 2000 and I put together we drew 16 different years out of a hat and uh, at random and then you pit those years against each other and I of course was the you know the DJ, so I'm the one picking the songs. But originally, I tried to pick only songs that were uh, in the Billboard Top 100 from that year. And um, so you might have a, a matchup of, of 1964 uh, "House of the Rising Sun" by The Animals versus um, 1996 "Ironic" by Alan- <laughs> Alanis Morissette or something mm-hmm. like that. 
And so it's really neat to, it creates, it creates conversation. Um, and so you just listen to the songs just like you would any other time. And at the, at the end of the matchup, um, you say, which song do you like better? And we go around the room or the van and, uh, you know, everybody votes. And then whichever song receives the most votes moves on to the next round. And so that is kind of the format that I used in this fictitious, you know, story of a DJ, you know, doing that same type of thing for the local radio station. And the setting is is a local bar um, owned by... You know, one of my fictitious friends. I love <laughs> uh, it. And so, yeah, that, and, it, and it goes throughout the day with this bracket game that that, uh, that gets played. Um, and it's actually a game that we play at, at our house. Um, if we have a cookout or something, yeah. we might throw a bracket game. And so it fits... It takes about two and a half hours, two and a half to three hours, and it creates just amazing conversation between people because awesome. because of the way that music reminds yeah. you of a of a particular time in your life and stuff like that. So, so as a, a kind of side note to that, that's something that we do in our home as well. Kind of not not exactly that way, but once a year. Do you know about the Eurovision Song Contest? That happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's this big European song contest. Every country submits a song, and it has to be an original song. And so, um, and and every year in May, they have this song contest, uh, and that the European Union votes on. Well, in our house, we do something similar, and we and we have a European a Eurovision party, and we uh, my husband fills out this whole sheet. Everybody gets a sheet. We go through all the videos, and we rank the videos, and then we have to vote, and then the winner who cho- who who got the most votes and the person who chose the top three kind of like a trifecta in a race they get a prize right. so we do that sort of thing yeah. so that's really awesome yeah. I love the idea of a bracket with music because like a lot of people do it with sports like you said you're a sports right. fan but you've never think to do it with music and that's a very very interesting take on this so yeah. I love it that's awesome what are some of the songs that have won oh and I've actually labeled them. You know, I have them on my YouTube music play- playlist. Oh, it's like, it's like, the um, it's like Foreigner concert winner or, uh, you know, the Chris Stapleton concert winner or something like that. So I know 1972 has won, like American Pie. I, re- I remember that being um, a song that, you know, in the finals. It's just there's certain songs um, that are just... So classic. Yeah, they're, they're like everybody, because you get different... People that like different genres yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I think 77 has won. 1964 has won. Uh, the so, 80s is usually pretty strong. So it's more the year than a, than a particular song? Correct. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you got to have four strong songs to get, you know, 16 years. And then so you to work through to get to the championship. Gotcha. And win the championship, okay. you have to have four really strong songs from that year. Have you ever done it like a theme? So like all yeah. of these songs are like a theme for something? Well, or a, not a theme from something, but like uh, all these songs are in the rock category or all these songs are remind you of a, a food item or... Well, we haven't, <laughs> yeah, we haven't gone that far. Uh, we, did okay. do, yeah. <laughs> we did do like, um, like a best of the 80s. We did this a lot during covid uh, we were doing it, we first did it through Facebook Live and then realized Facebook Live, We were. I was streaming music from my phone or from my speaker through my phone on Facebook Live and Facebook Live finally like shut me down because I didn't oh, have like copyright yeah. infringement. But we figured out you could still do it through Zoom. Uh. 
That's and so funny. people weren't, you know, we weren't supposed to gather together. Um, so we could run Zoom from different houses. Yeah. And we did a best of 80s um, rock bracket. We always, we, we tend to focus on the rock rock music mm -hmm. um but you'll surprisingly michael jackson actually won that and then so then comes no the that's not surprising so then comes the debate right is michael jackson rock um for sure you throw so, eddie van yeah, halen think, into the song I debate think, is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely <laughs> but like metallica i have a couple friends that are huge metallica fans and you know we play a lot of a lot with um you know my my parents my wife's parents and they're like yeah, this is terrible. You know? <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. There's certain uh, there's certain harder songs that don't uh, that that don't jive as much with everybody. Sure, sure, sure. So. so okay, you said that every year it's a tradition for you guys to go to these concerts. What's yeah. the one going to be this year? Bruce Springsteen. Nice. And, yeah, we're scheduled to see Springsteen in Pittsburgh um, September 14th. Very so cool. in fact, my dad, you know, he's he's telling me he says, Eric, I. He'll be 79 this year. His health isn't great. And so he's like, I don't think I can, you know, maybe we do like something else. I'm like, well, we have to have one. If we're going to end the, the normal tradition of yeah. getting in the van and or the cars and driving yeah. somewhere, I'm like, we've got to have a final concert. So when I saw Springsteen was touring, um, I said, we got to try to pull that off. So we're pretty excited to see him. Have you guys ever seen Bruce Springsteen? In concert? I have not. No. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I have a friend who uh, is a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Right. And so um, I feel like I've kind of lived a little vicariously through him mm -hmm. because I've seen footage and I've heard how great it is. But uh, no, I have not. And um, that's one show that actually, when he, I, he was supposed to come through Columbus... And I guess there was illness, so that show got postponed. We were, we were there. We, we had missed that one. So now I'm scheduled yeah. to see Springsteen back-to-back -back weeks in, okay. in September. That's so yeah. One was with my wife and friends, and the other is supposed to be with my our concert crew. That's so. awesome. I, I'm not sure when that rescheduled show is, but I was thinking about trying yeah. to see if, I, yeah. if, if there were still tickets available. Because it's one of those guys where you're like, you know... Windows yeah. closing a little bit. Yeah. The the coolest thing about it, maybe you guys are both Iron Maiden fans. Um, I don't know what what the length of the but the first time I saw Springsteen was in 2014 and and I was like okay I knew Born in the USA I really didn't know his catalog other than that but yeah. he started playing with no opening act and three hours later he, he wrapped up and I looked at my watch I'm like just non-stop for three hours yeah. and I was just like alright this is, this is cool I love um, a guy that just pours his heart and soul into what he's doing yeah. I love when artists do that when yeah. you can go and see them and they just I, I, because Iron Maiden is that way yeah. if you see get, get a chance to see them live Bruce Dickinson on stage, he is the same now as he was in the 80s. Like, if right. you watch video, that energy and then just the amount of love that he has for the music is evident. And the showmanship and everything is just amazing. And it could be a two and a half hour show, and you felt like it passed so quickly because of how much fun you're having and how much energy gets poured, poured into that music in those concerts. So, I'm glad you saw that with Springsteen, too, yeah. and that, that yeah. he's also a really good entertainer. And do you go to any other concerts throughout the year? I love music, um, and I, yeah, I just think concerts are just, just it's a communal experience, especially after COVID. 
And we saw Green Day and Weezer and Fall Out Boy. I was at that show. I was too. It was great. And it was great. It was like the first show um, that we saw, you know, after COVID and just all being together in that that environment. It just reminded you. Outdoor uh, shows are so. They're the best. Yeah. Are you going to Sonic Temple? No. No. I was like, we're both going to Sonic Temple. My wife and daughter are seeing Taylor Swift, so I was able to pull (gasps) it. Is it a Cincinnati show? Impossible tickets. Yeah, um, I'll be at that one as well. We're going to see Ed Sheeran. Yeah, so that's my daughter's. You know, they they haven't been to concerts before, so yeah. that's going to be a cool. Oh, this will be a cool, a cool neat thing to kind of yes. you know, for them to potentially experience. Oh, how fun! And then you can get them in on your tradition. So even if maybe your 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 other friends and family members can't be a part of that tradition, right. you can start a new tradition right. with your daughters, right. and that'll be awesome. How cool! Yeah. Well, and the great thing, you know, with the basketball brackets and and all that stuff, like no one's going to ever not know what a bracketing system is right. so so you can start them young and and sure. and and, yes. and get that going so um back to the book here real quick when you decided you were going to write this like how long did it take from maybe starting your notes or whatever to when like you're like period done right. the end right um yeah I, I never really i didn't consider myself an author author um it wasn't like I was a great writer when I was younger and that I had this goal to write a book someday. Um, but it was just one of those things that once you started, you just, you know, you just had to kind of keep it going. Yeah. Um, we got into COVID and, and that opened up. It took me, I mean, it, it, I think from start to finish, I was looking at almost five years. Wow. Okay. Which is kind of embarrassing, you know, because it's only a 186 page book that's, you know, not really tight, tightly spaced. Um, but I remember sitting there, it was January 30th, um, so was that 2022, that the, the Bengals were playing the Chiefs ah. in the AFC Championship. And I was like sitting there with, you know, kind of, I had kind of finally figured out how I was going to make this happen if yeah. I wanted to. And I remember I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to submit it. And we're just going to submit it because I ended up going through Amazon Kindle Publishing. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, um, and then once I submitted it, I was like, you know, okay, that's cool. And then the next day, like the next morning, I, I checked my email and it's like, your book is ready for purchase. And I was like, whoa, what? like I, I thought this was going to be like a process, right? That I would get like a draft copy and get the review and all that stuff. And so you're excited. So I get a copy of it and I see it and I, I, sh- I shared it with a friend and my friend was like, Reedy, he's like, this is, this is, you know, certain people identify with it more than others. Sure. Um, he's like, this is really good. So that was when I was like, okay, maybe I should like go back and clean up this, you know, clean this up and edit a few things. And, um, you know, so there's actually two copies out there. There's a, there's a handful that have, that are blue and yellow. Those are like the first edition. That's not, oh, fun. not the collector's edition. But, but it's just funny for people to, you know, when you say you're an author, I mean, I mean, there were so many. I'm, I am not a great writer, uh, <laughs> but I think it's a cool story. Yes. I mean, and I think the characters. I mean, it is kind of therapeutic to write. Um, my dad says, you know, you really have to bury your soul when you mm-hmm. put some things out there and, and for people to read and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it felt. It really felt good to, to do it. So. Well, my gosh, yes, and I know you say it's like everyone, it's 
everyone can be an author but like it's to, to get to that point and to actually get it out there and, and do it you did it and that's a yeah. that's amazing that's a big leap that a lot of people won't take so god congratulations that's that's really really cool did you go through any process of like having anybody read it before you submitted it to amazon like what do you guys yeah my dad my dad was if 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 you were to say i have an editor he he (laughs) would be the editor but but my dad became a primary um character in the book and i really didn't know where it was going i just knew that i had this this idea of uh of this music bracket game and these stories um, coming from these older gentlemen, and I thought I could put it together. But who they were going to be, and you know how, yeah. how to develop those characters, um, I really had no idea, really at, at first. And then once they started, it's kind of growing. My dad became like a primary focus, and so I'm I'm giving him. I remember for a Father's Day gift, I gave him like the first 20 pages for him oh. to read, and. Um, so he did a really nice job, I think, of, of kind of making it tighter. But I don't know that he would have, um, you know, if I had a true editor, they might have said, hey, you need to develop this story a little yeah. bit more, or you need to take this story out. Um, so I'm not sure. But it was kind of cool to have your dad do it, though, because it, it, I don't know, it would mean, probably means a lot more that it's, but it's your story to yeah. tell. With an editor, you're right, some of them will be change some things tell, tell it a different way or take parts out or add some stuff that maybe you didn't want in there with this this is your raw story and, and a story right. that means so much right. to you and your family and that's yeah, amazing I, I don't know that he has ever read it for just enjoyment I think he read it as it was being put together yeah. and so I'm not sure he's ever but sometimes you're, you're scared to kind of read that stuff um, I do remember I had written a lot of the story and realized that I kind of sold my dad's character short. Okay. And so I went back and kind of rewrote this part of the story, yeah. which um, which I was glad I did. I think it, it showed... Got to beef know, up Pops. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a Vietnam veteran, and so I'm, like, asking him about... I'm like, what was that like, you know, yeah. when you were over there? And, and kind of he kind of shared a couple of tidbits, things that he'd never really talked about before, so... That was pretty cool. I was actually going to ask about that because from what I've read so far, I could tell Vietnam era was kind of important to the characters yeah. that, that are that are in this. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got guys that were, you know, that was a big, you know, my dad graduated in 62. Um, his best friend um, is like five years younger. And then my father-in-law is like maybe five years younger. And so they're all kind of in that 62 to 72 range yeah. and there was just it, it was it's just neat to hear like from the first first person perspective like what it was like then you know what uh, what was going on and yeah i learned a ton about you know i was trying to set to, to set the uh, setting you know, for for these years yeah and so i'm researching back and like what was happening in 1974 yeah it was uh so that was like an educational piece that's very cool i i loved seeing references to to specific songs being mentioned uh and, and like i'm like oh i love that song oh radar love love that song yeah. <laughs> uh you know and, and uh uh and and somebody has a 69 uh trans am i'm like Man, just there's there's just it's it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, 
I'd still like to have a 69 Trans. Well, listen, we all. <laughs> did somebody actually have that, that car? My dad did. Okay. His first, his first vehicle. There's a lot of truth in this book. That's awesome. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. My, and it's 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 funny that depending on the reader, um, they identify more with different parts of the book. My brother told me, he says, you're really good at writing like the lovey, the lovey stuff, the love story Aww. stuff. And my dad says, no, you're... On a totally separate conversation, he says you're really good at the sports stuff, but some of the other stuff, you know, yeah. struggle with a little That's bit. Funny. And then my, our friend, who's a, a librarian and English major, you know, she says your story is really great, Eric. It's just that you're you're not a professional writer. <laughs> so that was probably the most, you know, the realest um, advice that I've had. I've wanted more people to read it that I don't know. Obviously mm-hmm. friends and family are going to be, you know, they're not going to say, well, dude, this stinks. Like, <laughs> don't try this again. But, um, so it would be, but I don't know. I mean, I think without a marketing, you know, um, something behind it, if it had been published through Simon & Schuster, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe I would have sold a bunch so of is it? So you said you published your Kindle first. Is it still published your Kindle? Is that what yeah. you did your second publishing through? Have you thought about reaching out to different publishers and being like, hey, take a look <laughs> at this. You might want to. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I've actually, I, I've got the idea for the second book. There um, will be a so, second okay, book. Be my okay. next question. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to think the problem is I just don't have time to write it right I yeah. mean our daughter with three daughters and they're you know 12, 9, and 7 and they're involved in everything uh, pretty and yes. honestly without COVID I'm not sure because everything just kind of got put on hold Correct. for that year and so you had you know you just had more free time and so um, but as someone told me you're always a writer is always writing their book you know even when they're not writing Yeah, and I definitely agree with that so if I did if I ever do get a second book, I might look at, you know, other avenues to yeah. publish that. And then maybe, you know, sometimes musicians, like their first album is... Well, and, and actually, I was just going to say, you know, with the route that you went to, to, to publish this book, like, as a musician who records music and, you know, there are more avenues now for, for bands to self-publish their mm-hmm. their material and stuff, it's kind of cool that there's an avenue for... For authors to be able to kind of self-publish like that, um, and, and at least to, as a way to get started. Right. Yeah, and I think being able to see it. Now, did you have anything to do with the cover art or anything like oh, that? Oh yeah, that's okay. A, cool. That is a um, where we used to swim in the, oh, nice. in the Ohio Aww. River. So you're looking upriver to the, the hometown uh, Newport, Ohio, which may or may not be a correlation to new point uh, <laughs> I specifically you never can you I don't think I ever explicitly state uh, like where I'm at um, I allude to Pittsburgh I was explicitly. Say there's, re- there's references of the valley yeah but I never really so you could you, you know fictitiously you, you you could guess you know where I'm talking about in the tri-state area which valley I'm in <laughs> but um, I guess I, I think I do I talk a lot about Pittsburgh um, the professional sports teams tying into the to that particular year that I might be talking about in the book. So. You've got a reference to Woodstock in there. Yeah you know? yeah that was I mean you just get some left field yeah. ideas when you're writing and stuff but it's a, uh, it is a, it is a neat process because you know anybody can. I think everybody at one point in their life has said, "Man, if I could write a book about 
yeah. about my life or my stories. That would be so cool. And so, yeah, Amazon Kindle, if you can format a Word document um, and then turn it into, into a PDF, I mean, they'll, they'll create a book for you. So... Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. do you, so what is your idea? Are you willing to share with us your idea for your next book? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, the character is, is one of my good friends. He says, it's a really good book, Eric, but it felt like you just got, like, you just kind of abruptly, like, kind of ended it. Like, uh-huh. you, like you, were, you were just worn out from writing. <laughs> and there's probably a little bit of truth to that. Um, like I needed to see something finished um, and so the more I thought about that the more I was like you know what there's still there's still a story to tell here like I could I could finalize a lot of this for these characters and so yeah it starts out at, at, a, at a wedding because um, I've written like the first page and a half <laughs> it starts at a wedding and um, and then it and that's that's you know the, the present time and then we're going to go back a couple years and try to figure out how we got to that point very cool of, of like the it. wedding of who's getting married well so. i'll look forward to the day it gets published yeah. and Thank uh, there will be two avid readers of it well <laughs> speaking of readers are you a much of a reader like like does that come into play and uh, if, deciding to write if, if i was a bigger reader i'd probably be a better writer <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've read um the great gatsby was one of my favorite books from high school i've read a couple novels by steinbeck uh, mm. and ernest hemingway so you know i've read I, I guess enough to to know the you know some of the classics and of course i love to read um you know online Sure. Whether it be sports or finance or things like that, but unfortunately, you know the the hobby uh, or the art of sitting down and reading a book is uh, you know it's kind of a lost art. I think mm. you know I've had people. It's funny. This is such a short, easy read. Of course, if you like it, you know I have people read it and they'll bring it back to me the next day and be like, uh, or you you get someone who's had it for you know twelve months and they've never picked it up. Because people just don't sit down and yeah. take the time yeah. to read a book. So I, I've always wished that I could sit down and be one of those people who, even just over a weekend, read a novel. Right. And I, I've my attention span isn't there. Right. Isn't there? Right. I'm I'm a read in bed for yeah for a little while before right. my eyes just can't take it anymore. Right. Um, but like the with the invention of like the Kindle. And stuff like that. like that's been something that's really helped me actually read more um, because when your partner goes to sleep and you have this yeah. device that can still be lit there up, but it's not like an iPad that's like right. super bright or anything like that. But and just the ease of being able to take it with you right. and, and just have it there, um, I have found that I've read more being able to do that. Now, of course, I have a friends who own bookstores and and they're like well i'd I'd prefer you didn't use that (laughs) right (laughs) but uh right and with the uh, libby app if you have it and if you could get it on there and everything it's awesome because it connects all the libraries around the world Mm. or the united states even uh and you can as long as you have a library card you have access to libby and there's a lot of audiobooks on there and so i do a lot of audiobook listening on my way to different places or just doing yard work or anything like that you can have an audiobook on yeah i've had i've had some friends say you have this on audio audiobooks you know i I don't I, i would listen to it then and i said well i can 
if you want to go drive around on a Saturday night, I can just ride the passenger seat. It <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> All you have to do is read just, the book to you. You have to sit down and read the book out loud. <laughs> my one of my the girl that grew up the street from me, um, she she picked it up right when it became available, and you know I just posted on Facebook. It's like, hey, I, I wrote this. It's, you know, it's available, and so there was like a quick burst of all these friends and mm-hmm. people from my hometown that were like you know, picking up and reading it but she said I really liked your book she said but when I was reading it I was kind of reading it in your voice so that might be uh, that might have made it a little bit better it's so. so amazing <laughs> is that something you would consider doing reading it into a microphone and creating I mean, an audio book if I knew how to do it yeah what would be super cool is if I took the real life characters and had them read Create an audio drama. Read their parts of it. Yeah, that would be cool. I need a stage play of this. (laughs) 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 That would be amazing. So you mentioned your, I do have a quick question about your your concert crew. How many people is in your crew and who does it consist of? Well, it's it's varied a little bit. It started with just the four of us that first year. Um, And then, you know, it's, I guess the core group would be myself, my dad, my father-in-law, we're the three that have been to every concert um, since the beginning, and um, and then my my dad's best friend, um, and then uh, my brother-in-law and my brother um, is kind of the core group. Um, but there's you know a guy I work with that's jumped in there with us. A couple other friends have jumped in and out. We've had different people in and out. Um, you know we get if we get you know a party of like eight of us um you know that's that's a really nice a really nice number and we just make a day of it that's awesome i was gonna say do you so i know a lot of times you can maybe um camp out or do tailgating before concerts do you guys do any of that yeah we uh yeah i mean if if we're at a show like an amphitheater you know we get there a little bit early and and you know get in the parking lot and finish up the bracket game the bracket game now is 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 as much a tradition as the concert so we're always playing that in between uh in between stops along the way the hardest part is you get to your first you know your first stop and you're um you're close to your hometown and you know you see the lady that's been running this establishment for 35 years and you get to talking and you're you know you get the jukebox playing maybe and the next thing you know you're like we don't get moving here we're gonna miss, right. we're gonna the, miss the concert <laughs> so we do that yeah we've got like they say hey the Mariana crew's here because we, we show up like once a year to the you know that's amazing special stops so I was gonna say have you ever like missed an opening band or anything like oh, that yeah. Because, yeah oh yeah yeah um yeah, I remember the uh, the very first show, you know, Skinnerd, and um, I think it was uh, it was like Buck Cherry, maybe that was like mm. was there with opening up. For, oh wow! Uh, for like uh, and then Bad Company, and and you're just having so much fun in the parking lot. You're like, oh my gosh, do we, you know? And then as soon as Bad Company came on, we're like, so I missed. I liked Buck Cherry when I was in high school, and well, they're opening uh, up for Skid Row in Dayton this summer, so <laughs> oh, you can yeah. catch them. Then. Yeah, that's the cool part. Now some of these bands that were selling out arenas. You know, you can pick them up in Marietta. You know, Correct. a, a yeah. small theater or something like that. So, yeah, it's yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm a little older than, than you guys. I graduated high school in '94. So the the bands that I was listening to uh, are definitely now on that. Uh, you know, playing playing the uh, <laughs> zucchini fest and stuff like right. that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of 80s bands for very cheap, uh, the bands that I used to listen to. But it, it's kind of funny because, like, some of the songs that are mentioned in, in, you know, it's like, 
they were like you talk about a song from '74. I graduated in '94, so back then a song like that was classic rock. Now those are like oldies. Right. <laughs> it breaks you know? my soul a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Nirvana's classic rock. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Works. Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah, oh that's, man, that's yeah. hilarious. But when uh, some of those bands do come back around, it does make the the uh, tickets cheaper, which is yeah. great because. Yeah. Yeah, uh, these these like the Taylor Swift concerts that's coming around, playing hundreds of dollars for a concert is not my jam. Right. I'm a fifty dollar maximum yeah, kind of person. Right, right. <laughs> when yeah, I we have always, to, yeah. We almost always go for the. It's just been my philosophy. To, if we're in the building, that's good enough. Yeah. And so if you go for the the best seats in the uppers is what I'm usually after. Um, I was so, going to ask, are you a floor person no, or a seated person? Gotcha. Just can't, can't. Of course, when you're buying tickets for eight people, yeah. it's like the outlay. You know, they're paying you back, but the outlay initially is correct. <laughs> you're spending top of a thousand dollars on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I just it. got tickets for the Aerosmith Black Ooh, Crows nice. uh, farewell. Yeah, thing. and even. A pie. Those aren't cheap. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> face value is very important to me too. I hate, I hate having to pay. Uh, Reseller the, tickets are the reselling. Yeah. Tickets, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, music just does. You guys know it, right? I mean, it's just a concert. You just lose yourself for yeah. a couple of hours, um, and, and it's just. And uh, just with a bunch of people who are there. Yeah, and the way the way live music, the way they get on runs, and the you know the creativity, and I, and I know they play. They probably play in the same set list, you know, no matter where they go. But in that moment, man, it's just... Well, these days, there's so much with the lighting and all that stuff that's pre-programmed yeah. to be done with certain songs. Yeah. So, so a lot of the big tours, they kind of have to go out there and play the same set every single night because it's, right. it's kind of right. pre-programmed. But you get those club dates and stuff where they can just be like, let's switch it up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, if you can yeah. catch... A band a couple times oh, yeah. on that tour and, and right. not hear the same exact right. set. Right. But that's what's fun about it too. Is you mentioned like even if they are playing the same set at every show, you were there for that one moment, and in that moment, right. like you said, you lose yourself. And there's a really cool Japanese phrase that I love, and I use it as my like daily mantra, and it's Ichigo Ichie, and it means though we may meet each other or see each other a lot. Um, we are we are here together for this one moment, and this one moment is going to be different from any other moment that we have. And it's it's a really awesome mantra. And so like every time I'm at a show, like no matter if I've seen that band a hundred times, it it's always that one individual moment, and, and they're all going to be different and, yeah. and memorable. Yeah, were you got you you were in Pittsburgh for Green Day show? No, we're in oh, Columbus. Oh no, Columbus. Oh, they're in Columbus. They had a, these are the things that you gain from. From the memory of these this annual concert like um it, it cut loose during uh at the africa cover of by weezer it just started like the rains it's like oh, they wow. were like willing the rain to come out oh. with their lyrics right and then like a rainbow forms over the city which the the way the stadium sits in pittsburgh you know as the as they're finishing up their set i mean it's like man this is just it's just therapy you know <laughs> yeah. that. that is a religious moment at that yeah, point. Exactly. yeah yeah so that's awesome yeah well, Eric, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, to, to talk to us today. Just so everybody who's listening knows, 
go out to Amazon. That's where you can find the book, right? Yeah. It, so it is on Kindle also or just the physical copy? You know, that's you guys were talking about that. I have never put it on Kindle. It's, okay, it's okay. there for me to go in and set up, but um, maybe I should do that. Maybe maybe I'll try to find time to, to put it on Kindle and make it available. All right, so currently you can but just yeah, get the physical the, book. Yeah, the, the bookstore owners would, would like my approach, although Amazon gets the... They have the publishing rights. Sure. <laughs> as of right now. So, yeah, if you type in uh, Eric Reed the Bracket in, in your Amazon app, it'll it'll pop right up there. So. But All it's right. never been about you know selling the books. It's just the cool. Well, you <laughs> yeah. hear that now, cool podcast story. listeners. Listen, you go support your fellow O daughter right now <laughs> and go out there and read this amazing book. This is awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and never miss who we talk to next. Do you want to tell us your story on a future episode? Do you have questions, comments, or want to request a transcript of this episode? Email us at podcast at dot.ohio.gov.